So, Jim, you were off last week, and from what I understand, you went inside a cave and went uh, took some psychedelics and went on a spiritual journey. Yeah, I, I um, you, you came across some revelations. I uh, lots of peyote. Yeah, more peyote than one person should have. Peyote, mescaline. Uh, yeah. What else? Uh, you know what? I on the advice of my lawyer, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> This is like the Aaron Rodgers like breakup. Like he he did a lot of uh, you know psychedelics, and he is said, it, he, "Is that what happened?" Yeah, no. Oh. Him and Shailene Woodley had a breakup, and then she didn't she, like the psychedelics. And, well, no, he went on a journey of discovery where like he was taking substances that would both make him puke and poop himself. Right. Oh, oh, so like he was sitting in his lazy boy, and, uh, uh, and he would take or he like a cleanse, a cleanse. Oh, a cleanse. Get gas station sushi to make you puke yeah, and poop yourself. Some, what, what is it? Uh, uh, ayahuasca. ayahuasca. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Wow. Uh, so that's what Jim was doing. Yeah, that's what I was doing. I was uh, like Play-Doh. I was in the cave. and uh, You had your diaper on. Had my diaper on. And uh, I, so I listened to the episode. I listened to I listened to all the episodes. Yes. Even the ones I'm on. Um, <laughs> while, while you were tripping. While I was tripping. Okay. And uh, I, I came to the realization that it, good news for Ryan and I, that uh, we could, like, no matter how bad we are as people... Yeah, Ree would never say anything nasty about us on, okay. the, on the show because so, we we were nice to him once. So you're saying I could I could knock an ice cream cone out of a baby's hand, two baby's hands, but but you have to knock it so it goes from one baby's hand to the other baby's hand. Mm-hmm. I could push a grandma over the marina into the Buffalo River. <laughs> sure, yeah, With Grandma Moses. Mm-hmm. Okay, Robert Moses' grandmother. <laughs> I want to let you both okay. know. I want to let you both know. I talk shit about you constantly. I don't have a, a kind word to say no. about either of you publicly or privately. All right. Oh, just kidding. Yeah. so it, Just kidding. Actually, I listened to last week's episode, and my my takeaway was I can never miss another week, or you guys are just going to permanently replace me. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Dale, man. He, he did a great job. We would never permanently replace you. Jim, you're the secret sauce. All right? You're the... You, you you're make you're what makes the sandwich taste good. You know, um, yeah, MSG. That's MSG. It. I'm just human MSG. Infused MSG. No, but serious shout out to uh, to Dale to Buffaloozer for for filling in admirably. Honestly, we I called him up like an hour before recording, and he gladly uh, popped in and did a good job. So thank you, Dale, for joining us. Yep. But. We're back. We're the, we're the crew, the gang. By the way, welcome to the square. Hey, it's Re. It's Di- Diamond Jim. Diamond Jim. Snake. We're here. We're, we're, we're doing it. Housekeeping. Follow us on Patreon. Please subscribe. We're at the Square Podcast on Patreon. $5 a month gets you early access to the episodes and the warm and fuzzies of supporting uh, content creators that you like. Yeah, and you, and you get your own channel on the Discord that you should join. Oh, do we have a channel now just for yeah. Patreon subscribers? Mm-hmm. Badass. Okay, so yeah, you get your own channel to talk to fellow like-minded people who like to support uh, goofballs like us. So subscribe on Patreon. Get on the Discord. Moving on. Been a rough week news-wise. I think we're all feeling a little, a little down and out. One positive is left, right, center. We all agree, I think, most of us, that war is bad. Yes. Outside of Dinesh D'Souza, yes. we all agree. that Outside of that piece of shit. Right. We here at the Square Podcast believe war is bad. You know, we've got some, we've got local solidarity. We've got, um, from what I can tell, read, reading the news, 
local liquor stores banning taking off the shelves Russian based liquor. Mm. And I and I'm hoping every store takes anything Russian based off the shelves and gives it to me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Take it, take it out to the trash. Right? Yeah. Leave it by the trash bin. Yes. Do not, do not pour out the bottles. Leave it in its packaging. Leave it intact. Right. Leave it intact. And and I will, I will personally see to it that it all gets destroyed. Right. Yeah. That's. Well, I'll have a great big Stolaknaya fire. Diamond Jim will take care of it. Yep. Yeah. No, I don't know. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. We're not going to sit here and tell you we're Ukraine or Russia experts. This is not the Ukraine podcast. It's not the Ukraine. I, I don't have any good recommendations for the Ukraine podcast, but I will tell you, it, it sucks. It's bad. There's a huge Ukrainian population here in Western New York, much much more so than you might. Uh, yeah. You get you guys know, but mu- much more so than the maybe the listener understands yeah. how big the Ukrainian faction is here in Western mm-hmm. New York. Um, so much so that there there are multiple like Ukrainian centers. I actually dated a girl who was Ukrainian once. Um, she was born in America, but both of her parents were from Ukraine. And I, I actually went to like a Ukraine like cultural camp. It's actually like a boy Boy Scouts Girl Scouts for. So you are an expert. Yeah. Uh, no, I I know that there's a a large Ukrainian population sure. here in Western yeah. New York is what I'm I guess an expert yeah. on. Yeah. Um. All all that is to say like there are a lot of deep deep ties here, and I know that. People in Buffalo and Western New York are very concerned about it, whether they have family ties to it, which a lot of people do, or they're just concerned global citizens. So, Right. I mean, like, look, it's been over 20 years for me since I was seriously studying international relations. So why would I sit, go out of my way and be like, oh, yeah, I know. Internet. Like, I haven't read international relations theory since, like, 1999 i whatever i've got ideas but they're not any smarter than anybody else's ideas other than maybe stuff on my high lose and who knows maybe by the time you're listening to this they might have already come to a, a peaceful resolution that's so, what we're hoping for yeah, so, so solidarity with ukrainian people hope for peace mm-hmm. yep always hoping for peace here folks but you know it, <laughs> we're gonna focus on the the stuff that we we sort of know about because that's all we can really do is just kind of Go on with our lives and 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 semper pod. So yep. So semper so pod. That said, we're going to talk about Ukraine because there are two local connections to Ukraine and the war and that's going on right now with Russia. Uh, the first one is everybody's favorite boy, uh, local Ukrainian friend Stefan Mahailu was on Tucker Carlson this week. He sure was. Uh, it, so I mean, it's crazy that a, a failed. Hamburg supervisor candidate gets to be on a national television broadcast regularly regularly yeah yeah like I mean there's been a lot of people who have run for Hamburg town supervisor who didn't get to be on Tucker Carlson I know we have some thoughts on why he gets to be on Tucker but so he went on Tucker and I don't know he was like basically he was just repeating the the current standard Republican national line which is if Trump was president this invasion never would have happened my favorite part of that uh by the way is just like Please just take the logic one step further. <laughs> like, please. So, yes, you are correct. I think that if Donald Trump were president of the United States currently, that Russia would probably not invade Ukraine. Why do you think that is? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, please think just slightly critically about why you think that Russia would not invade Ukraine if Donald Trump was president. Right. I mean, because they're trying to imply that, like, Putin was somehow afraid of Trump. Like personally, like like if he invaded Ukraine, Trump would fly to Moscow and like physically beat up Putin, which obviously it would not happen. Trump he, couldn't he'd beat pop up. his can of spinach, right? Get big muscles, 
and go down there and take care of business. Trump Trump can't physically beat up Grimace, let alone Putin. <laughs> He'd probably shit himself. Right. He'd probably take... No, no. Uh, uh, I mean, the good thing is at least Trump wears diapers, so if he did shit himself, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Uh, I, no, I mean, like, look, uh, obviously it's... The reason why Putin probably would invade in Ukraine is because the United States was talking about pulling out of NATO, not expanding NATO, was cutting military, cutting funding and military aid to NATO, cutting funding and military aid to Ukraine, and making everything nonsense there. So ma- making it ma- making it a non-entity and not just a non-threat. Yeah, I mean you can't you 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 can't take Putin's Putin's statement of the reason why we're inv- invading Ukraine is because we didn't want to have a NATO country at our border. Which if they take over Ukraine, which mean will mean they'll have like what four or five NATO countries at their border. Like obviously, like you can't take that as face value. Yeah, I mean, again, we're not the international relations podcast. Nobody's asking us to be. But I'll say this: like, okay, Stefan Mihailu obviously like has a long his, you know he's ukrainian um ukrainian american obviously has many deep ties to ukraine um not going to criticize him for weighing in on the situation he certainly has a right to do that even on a platform like tucker carlson fine i do think it's wildly irresponsible however to go on television and say that the current leader of the united states um is basically directly the cause mm-hmm. for why there is an invasion into Ukraine, and I—that's really shitty and irresponsible. Yeah. Well, and, and then afterwards, Stefan was like, "All the liberal snowflakes were like crying and sucking their thumbs and in the fetal position in their mom's basement because yeah. I went on Tucker Carlson." And like his way of attacking or addressing any criticism that he gets from the left is to just make nothing but ad hominem attacks. You know, even where he's like, uh, you know, I'm going to try to understand liberal logical thought, which is, you know, which is an oxymoron. I mean, he, he can't say anything without say, making an ad hominem. Um, one thing he was criticized for, which I think is kind I mean, he was criticized for wearing a red, white, and blue tie, which, yes, those are the colors of the Russian flag. Also, happen to be the colors of the American flag. And the French flag, and like almost, and, and like the English flag, and the Australian flag, and almost every other, like pretty common flag right. colors. Red, white, and blue. But also happen to be Bill's colors. Like, what the fuck? Oh, right. 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 Yeah. Uh, but that said, he was going on there ostensibly as like a Ukrainian American who was supporting Ukraine. People do think about the ties that they wear. Like, if, if you are of the tie wearing ilk when you're on television, you think about the, the tie that you're going to wear. It is inconceivable that he didn't think I should wear a blue and yellow tie for uh, to as as a uh, he was on partly because he's Ukrainian American. Wearing a blue and yellow tie would have made sense. Should he be criticized for wearing a tie because it's the same colors as Russia? No, because like I said, it's the same colors as the fucking Bills. Like, you know, yeah. he, he could have been out there supporting Harrison Phillips for all I goddamn know. Whatever. But if you want to criticize him, like don't say like oh he was wearing a Russian tie. You can say like why did he not like go and buy a tie to of blue and yellow or have a blue and yellow tie? He tells everybody he goes to all these Ukrainian events. He, are you telling me he doesn't wear a blue and yellow tie when he shows up in a suit to a Ukrainian event? Again, I'm not going to criticize his Ukrainian bona fides, his tie choice. I, yeah, it's messaging, it's imaging. I think whatever. I to me, it's really just the substance of him using using the invasion of Ukraine as a way to trigger the libs and score points on Joe Brandon is mm-hmm. really to me the the issue at hand but whatever fuck him 
moving on. Yeah. Mo- moving on to our other Ukra- Ukrainian connection, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's it's early in the show, but it's time for a Nate Watch. Oh, Nate Watch, Nate Watch. Yes, we've got a Nate Watch. And Nate has been monitoring the situation in Ukraine very closely. And Jim? Thank God for that. Mm-hmm. Nate is ready to put his boots on the ground. I will read the tweet here. Are they Ugg boots? They might be. Mm-hmm. This is Nate McMurray on February 25th, 9.30 p.m. Getting older, but I'm pretty darn strong. I hate war. I'm not a pacifist, however. I believe in self-defense. If this goes further, Poland, Latvia, NATO. If, they, if they'll have me, I'll go. And I'll help refugees. I know many of you feel similar. Just please leave my sons here. This is a, uh, you know, Nate, Nate, a Nate call to arms. Okay. A McMurray. And you're first in line behind him, aren't uh, you? Uh, yeah, me and Nate, we're going to go, because I'm pretty darn strong too. Yes. So me and Nate, we're pretty darn strong, and we're going to go together on the front lines, and, and we're going we're gonna to fight, and, you know, we'll, we'll do it. We'll, 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 we'll show that, that Putin, what's up? Me and Nate, arm in arm. Well, while you and Nate are in Ukraine, I'm going to become the stepfather to his kids. Okay. <laughs> terrible. That's terrible. No, you're not. No, <laughs> you're not. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, uh, we, might, we might get in more trouble for that. Oh, no. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, there's there, there's one <laughs> other uh, Buffalo-Ukraine connection that I want to talk about. Okay. I uh, saw this article in USA Today yesterday. Ukraine on the brain. Uh, former Buffalo Sabres great Dominic Hasek. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, Hasek. Uh, Strong words from for the Dominator. Yeah, the Dominator. Uh, he said, well, first of all, he said, every uh, Russian in the NHL should be suspended for the entirety of the war, which I obviously that's not going to happen. No. Um, I'm not even sure that's legal labor law wise. Well, I don't think so. Um, but uh, he specifically, he was criticizing Alex Ovechkin. Uh, now, Ovechkin did say that he wants no war. But when pushed on criticizing Putin, refused to. Of course, I understand that his family, including his wife and children, are currently living in Russia. I don't I don't know. Putin might be some problems there if he right, does criticize. Right. Uh, Hashik's response was to call... Ovechkin a chicken shit. What do you think, Ray? Is Ovechkin a chicken shit? I don't know. Is he? I, I guess, man. Like it's it, yes, yes. On a certain level, as as much as I care to weigh in on this on one hockey, two international politics. Yes, because there are plenty of other uh, Russians who have openly criticized Putin for this dangerous and reckless action. So yes, I think so. But also at the same time, I, I'm sure. Ovechkin has a lot of deep ties to Russia that helped him to become like to, to the Russian government in particular that helped him get to America and to be an international superstar. Well, I mean, hockey. And, and to Putin in particular. Yes. I mean, li- I mean, literally Ovechkin's profile picture is him with Putin. Yep. I mean, so I don't know, like, is he, a, and, and again, like we get to remember, like his entire family lives in Russia. Yep. This is a Ned Stark moment, right? Yeah, it's better for him to like 
be criticized and maybe cut off in the American media yeah. than to actually put his family in physical danger. Sure, sure, sure. So, yeah, whatever. Dominic Kashuk has more standing to say stuff, obviously. I know he's not from Russia or Ukraine. He is from uh, Czech Republic, right? Right. Yeah. So. And, and he grew up in, in when it was Czechoslovakia under the... Under the USSR. Yeah. So, like, you know, he's got some long-standing gripes there. Sure. So, more power to you, Dom. Uh, all right, moving on. We, we finally moved away from the Ukraine. Let's mm-hmm. talk about Western New York. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about mm-hmm. Buffalo. Let's talk about the politics stuff, guys. Well, well we, got a lot of, we got a lot of politics going on. Just because uh, World War III is about to break out doesn't mean that, you know, the grind set doesn't stop for mm-hmm. uh, Western New York politics. So, Jim, who do we got running? Oh, who's running? Oh, baby. Uh, sign me up. I, I hope I hope that the fundraising goes well because I want to see TV commercials for this candidate. Mayor Ben, Ben Carlisle, he of 219 votes in the mayor's race, is putting State Senator Sean Ryan on notice. But now, interesting, Sean Ryan, you, you got told. Mm-hmm. What's interesting to me about Ben uh, running against Sean Ryan is that Carlisle, who has taken quite a few generically Republican stances on things is running a democratic primary from the right against Sean Ryan. <sighs> sure. Sure. Whatever. I mean, what, yeah, uh, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, it's such a crazy lane to take and to think that you have like any chance. We, um, we here at the square podcast have decidedly tried to avoid giving mayor Ben any additional oxygen for whatever the fuck he's doing. But now he is a political candidate again, uh, trying to be a legitimate one. So we'll, we will talk about him. Well, I have to ask, does he have a vendetta against square guests? Is this, is this all revolve around this podcast? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yes. It's, I hope so. I hope it's about triggering us. Yes. <laughs> it's, 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 it's specifically against people that we, ha- so uh, next year when County ledge and council member districts are up, yeah. uh, I hope he runs against, Oh, Mitch Nowakowski or something like that, just yeah. to continu- continually trigger us. Yeah, we're we're getting triggered here, and he's going to lose every time. Oh yeah, but yeah, it's, it's somehow worth it for him, I guess. I mean, for for him, it's it seems to be very much vanity campaign, just like it. I mean, to t- to tell you how much of a vanity campaign I think this all has been. I I live I live in the Allentown neighborhood where Mayor Ben is from, and I I saw him walking down the street the other day, uh, well past the mayoral campaign coming to an end wearing a mayor Ben for Buffalo right, right, right in Ben Carlisle t-shirt he was wearing. So it's like, come on, dude, you thoroughly embarrassed yourself with all of this. And yet, you know, you, you would be seen in public wearing a, a write down mayor Ben shirt is comical, but it's, it's a hundred percent of vanity project for yeah. this whole thing. Just see his name in the news. And mm-hmm. that's why I didn't want to talk about him, but now he's literally legitimately trying to run for office. All right, we got to talk about them. Right. And it's, it, it reminds me actually a lot, like when I worked for the Board of Elections in like early 2000s, there was a repeat candidate in the city of Buffalo who ran for office like every single year ran for a different office in the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, his name was Muhammad Ali. Not that one, a different one. <laughs> different one. Different one. He always, he always went out and got the signatures and he always qualified. Uh, but when I was working there, he was running for mayor one year. And now if... If you have over a certain number of pages, it like or any if you have more than one page, it has to be bound. Usually, a couple pages you staple it. If you've got like 150 pages, obviously you can't just use like you know your old swing line mm-hmm. and and staple it. So 
he came up to the front desk and he had all these loose pages and they said it has to be bound. And at the board of elections, we had, uh, like you do at uh, a bank, the pens on a chain. Uh, And he ripped it off of the desk, (laughs) jammed the pen through the center of the papers and said, here, it's bound and handed it in. Did that count? What a it counted. <laughs> what a gangster move that is. That rules. That's badass, honestly. That's so cool. I got a lot of respect for Mo. <laughs> that, that, that's amazing. <laughs> Fuck, that's so cool. <laughs> what a move. He just, just tied the, 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 the dangling chain around the bottom of the pen. It was like, here you go. It's bound. That's so awesome. <laughs> Oh, my God. Well, here's hoping that Mayor Ben submits his petition in a similar fashion. I, I, I might change my opinion on him slightly. But, yeah, all right, he's going to run. He's going to lose against Sean Ryan. Uh, we'll, we'll keep track of this space. We'll, we'll keep an eye on it. Right. There's, there's definitely still a pen mark on that counter. Right? <laughs> yeah, the county hasn't replaced the, ca- the counter in yeah, 20 years. Yeah. So. Um, we'll, we'll stay local here for, for just a second. Um, we have – so here's, here's – in, in today's episode of – Democrats aren't quite bright. Oh, yeah. So, well, so there is going to be a Democratic primary for county clerk this year. Yes. County clerk, no, because uh, Chris Jacobs left for Congress, it, it, county clerk, it, we vote for now in a federal statewide year as opposed to a local year. So there's a, a going to be a primary this year. We've got incumbent shithead Mickey Kearns, mm-hmm. who... To be fair, both Rhea and I worked for it at one point, and we still call him a shithead. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Democratic, the endorsed candidate, Missy Hartman. Her name might not be familiar to anyone because she came out of fucking Eden, that metropolis here in Western New York. What's wrong with Eden? I like. I have a lot of good friends from Eden. I like Eden. It's paradise. It's, yeah, it's paradise. I mean, at the you know corn festival, the Valley Farmers, all that stuff. Uh, Missy Hartman was a Republican supervisor of Eden. But as we've talked about on the show a couple of times, county ECDC chairman Zellner doesn't seem to really want like strong town and zone chairs uh, because he views them as a threat to his authority or his his role and his ability to maintain the chairmanship. He's got his little fiefdom. He's got his own thing. And he's afraid that if anybody else... Uh, builds up any kind of base of power that they're going to undermine him and threaten him. It's it's very short-sighted viewpoint um, about how power works, about how political power operates, and and even like self-preservation. Because I, I got to tell you, Jeremy, like you keep doing shit like this, eventually they're going to get rid of you. Right. I mean, so what ends up happening now is it, it, he's essentially following the '90s Erie County Republican form now by bringing somebody across the aisle who had seen that has shown that they had won some, uh, uh, won before, uh, bringing them uh, over from the other party. And because he's weakened his zone chairs and town chairs, he doesn't have a reliable bench to find somebody to run for office. So he's got to bring in, uh, Missy Hartman to run for County clerk. And I mean, if, if he thinks that bringing in a conservative, who at one point campaigned against Mark Polencars is going to help him in the primary against Mickey Kearns, who is a Democratic in, in name only. I, I, I think he's crazy. Like, in order to beat Mickey in a Democratic primary, you need to have somebody who's left of Mickey. You're not probably going to find somebody who with as, as high of name recognition as Mickey has. So you have to find somebody who's going to work hard. I looked online at for Hartman's Twitter account. She hasn't t- 
sent anything out on Twitter or social media in like four fucking years, including she was in the middle of a re-election campaign and was barely using uh, social media. It's, it's very strange. Like, I mean, just on its base, like it's not we're, like we're talking about some, you know, hot political upstart, somebody like, oh, lightning in a bottle and, you know, y- you gotta, you gotta endorse her and, and um, push her for this. Like, it, it just seems very strange. This person who, you know, with all due respect to our friends in Eden, uh, it's not a really like big political hub even, right? Like we don't view Eden as uh, a base of political power here in the county. So why is this, you know, why is this person from Eden who barely moves the needle all of a sudden your endorsed uh, candidate for clerk, which I would argue is a, a seat that you should want to solidify as the Democratic Party. Like I, I've known Mickey a long time. I, I I have a lot of thoughts about him, but I think it's very much safe to say that, yes, Democrat in name only and not somebody that you would view as one of your pillars of the Democratic Party, like not somebody who's going to help you win elections, not somebody who's going to tangibly uh, help the organization. So you want to win that seat if you're Jeremy right. Selner and you want your control over it. Right. I mean, well, I mean, it's in Mickey in particular, uh, we talked about during the campaign finance episode where Mickey's on record giving money from both his campaign account and personally from his own checking account to Republican candidates and not giving any money to Democrats. So you would think you would want And then if you think about like the history of the clerk's office, the last three clerks we've had are Chris Jacobs, now member of Congress, Kathy Hochul, LOL governor, and Dave Swartz, who was there for a long time, was a kingmaker and ended up moving to the state and had a statewide office. It just seems like a seat that very much like Jeremy Zellner should want to like solidify, even if you don't have any personal enmity towards Mickey or whatever, even just for your own purposes, like you would want somebody that you can trust and that you know will help build your organization. And and he's not doing that. And right. it just seems very strange. And, and and you're right, like picking Eden, which in the grand scheme of things in Erie County politics is relatively inconsequential. He couldn't find somebody from Cheektowaga or Amherst or Hamburg, or Tonawanda, you know, the big towns. Like, uh, like, let's leave out, like, that he couldn't find somebody from the city of Buffalo because, like, citywide can- city candidates do have a tough time running countywide often. But that he couldn't find a candidate from one of those four big towns in the first-ring suburbs to run. I mean, like, you know, those are the towns that realistically have your benches in Erie County. You know, Kathy Hochul famously was a council member in the town of Hamburg. Cheektowaga, you know, it has famously been majority Democrat for a long time and, and draws a lot of votes. Amherst is growing into probably the the stronghold for the Democratic Party. Um, after being a more purplish, it's, it's starting to almost tint blue. And then Tonawanda for a long time was the Republican stronghold in Erie County and now is majority Dem and consistently votes Dem. And is is heavily purple. I do these towns? Do these towns just hate Zellner at this point? Like they, they can't like him for doing shit like this, right? I mean, they, they 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 can't like him. I mean, the rank and files can't can't be happy with him, and it shows that like he's got really no influence over these towns and these zones. Like, are you telling me that like he thinks Missy Hartman is a better candidate than they, they couldn't make some sort of Godfather offer to Shannon Patch in Kenmore, who is a village trustee in Kenmore, sure. who. Used to work for Tim Kennedy, has all the Democratic bona fides that you could possibly want to be county clerk. 
you could you couldn't figure like it maybe 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 patch is just not interested okay that's fine but like i never even heard her name bandied around as somebody that they were approaching and like to me when i thought of like you know countywide office her name was one of the first ones i that she's she wins in kenmore which is actually slightly more republican than democrat but it has been voting democrat lately in the town of tonawanda with the connections to tim kennedy with the money that he can help turn on for her that she is a smart attractive female candidate running countywide who's from a sub uh, a north town suburb uh, against shithead M- mickey kearns folks we rate these zell nuts as stale <laughs> i mean bad zell nuts you smell like shit the, the, bad, I mean, the, bad these batch are, these, this is a bad batch of zell nuts bad batch of zell nuts <laughs> moving on so we've got uh big big endorsement here for um for for Pat Burke, huh? Yeah, uh, uh, New York State Assemblyman Pat Burke. We're recording this on Sunday. Last night, uh, Burke was endorsed by the committee uh, in the 142nd for re-election. Uh, I mean, so I mean, good for Pat. Uh, Pat's been on the show. He's a friend of ours. And, and you know, uh, big news with Pat this week. I mean, so obviously the re-endor- the endorsement for re-election is uh, big. We don't know quite who the Republican candidate's going to be. Uh, there has been some rumors that might be Joe Larigo. If that's the case, um, we might see the most money spent on assembly race in New York State this year be in West New York. Um, that that would be a huge, huge battle. Um, but then uh, Pat also, you know, I mean. He's also a legislator. He's doing stuff legislatively. And he introduced this week uh, a bill to allow uh, psychiatrists to prescribe psilocybin for mental health use. Very good thing. Yes. Good on Pat. Good for him that he got the rank and file endorsement. You know, his district very much seems to embrace him as a, as a legislator, as a as a, somebody who's, you know, representing their district. So, Good for him to have that, you know, full support and endorsement. And also, yeah, for pushing for the use of, you know, basically anything at the arsenal that could help with the fight for mental health and and to make people's lives better. Right. I mean, that's like it's it's not about making mushrooms legal. It's about expanding the upper, the options available for those who are working in the mental health field so that they, it, things that can be used are available to be used in New York the State. The benefits for mental health, people with PTSD, mental health issues, end-of-life situations, it's it's well-documented. It needs to be legal. It, it absolutely should be legal. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing it legal for recreational use. Sure. But, I mean, it absolutely should be legal for prescription use. There were, in my, it was my understanding, there were competing bills potentially to be introduced. It's good to see that a local West New York assembly member, and Burke, was able to take the lead on it, get those competing bills combined into one uh, unified idea, um, and take the lead for Buffalo and for West New York in the New York State Assembly. Good on you, Pat. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll keep an eye, obviously, on on that race when it comes up. Um, Todd Aldinger. Well, uh, I, We've got Todd next. I mean, what what can, what can we say? Uh, what, we're talk what about- can we say without getting? But we're going to talk about him a little bit more a little bit later, too. Uh, But, I mean, we're keeping an eye on this uh, congressional race that he's inserted himself into in the 24th district against Jacobs. He's running from the right against Jacobs. I do think it's obviously very hard to displace a Chris Jacobs. I mean, he, you know, it's like running against a member of the Bush family. They've got more money than God. And 
they're not the most arch conservative Republicans, but they're well liked by the general public. Aldinger is aligning himself with the more extreme members of the Republican Party in Erie County. He's lining up with Tim Howard and Skip Gingrich. But Tim Howard helps bring along Carl Paladino, which helps bring along Carl, Mike Caputo. And you know, you, you, you start and then, then you start to get not just crazy right wingers, but organized ones. Yes, Jacobs is gonna have more money than him, but if Paladino and Caputo are on get end up on board with Aldinger, he'll have access to a lot of money. It'd be interesting to see that sort of internecine fight in the Republican Party because I mean, look, Jacobs has gone the route of of MAGA, I think, begrudgingly. I, I know Chris Jacobs you know he's the scion of the jacobs family mm -hmm. okay like he really enjoys having his name on buildings i think he for a long time liked to be you know go to parties and and be seen as like a sensible rich guy like right. I, I, he he liked to be seen in the city of buffalo eating out at restaurants yes so i i think he truly was dragged sort of begrudgingly kicking and screaming into like this right wing framing and now the bill has come due for him i think right it's it the thing is is that you know the far reaches of the right wing and the republican party remember him as a moderate to left uh candidate for county clerk and for school board in the yep. city of buffalo and secretary of state for new york and that you know so he's got this history so he was never as far as i'm concerned when the you know reactionary uh, conservative purity test is happening he was never actually their guy no and in fact I, and i wonder if we talked about it on the show maybe maybe not i can't remember the stuff we've been doing this for a year and a half now i can't remember everything we've talked about but i i do think that when we were talking about chris jacobs in that district he doesn't have deep ties to that district it's no, not it, like it's not like he has like a, a great history it's just that it was the district that made, made the most sense for a, a republican who had their shit together post chris collins to move in and take over right well i mean f famously he didn't live in the district never had lived in the district and with we redistricting has to move again yes didn't, i mean oh. it he lived in the city of buffalo in the elmwood village i mean he had to live in the city of buffalo he was a school board member yep yeah and then uh and then you know county clerk and state senator to run for congress had to Moved to Orchard Park, or at least on paper, moved to Orchard Park. Uh, it's questioned whether he's actually ever left the city of Buffalo, but he is rich enough that he can buy multiple houses. So he could buy a house in Orchard Park and say he lived there. And now he's going to have to buy a house in like East Amherst or Akron or some shit and yeah. say he lives there because Orchard Park's been redistricted into the what was up until next year, the Tom Reed district that Claudia Tenney is running in. And he's going to be running in this district that goes from like Niagara Falls to Watertown. Remains to be seen. I mean, again, I don't know what kind of operation that Todd Aldinger is going to put together to challenge him. Jacobs does have, you know, like he he's got a, he's got more money than God. Like he's mm -hmm. got a fucking shit ton of money. So even with all this serious money that could be put in behind him, I don't know if he will be a viable threat just because I haven't, I don't know this guy's history as a political organizer, but I do know the people that he has with him are pretty experienced. So yeah, this seems more like a threat of something to try to get Jacobs to move on something than anything else. Well, I mean, to me, it seems like Aldinger's jumping in maybe a little too early. Um, you, know, it, you know, we talk about like his grift of, you know, every time now in Erie County, there's a 
conservative Republican lawsuit against some entity, generally the county government. Todd Aldinger is the attorney. It's interesting. And the reason why I keep saying it's grift is because he's never volunteering for any of this stuff. It's always as a paid attorney that he gets involved in these things. Yes. He's, everything is to his financial advantage. Even running for Congress is to his financial advantage. Right. He's, 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 never, he's never just like, well, I think I'm so, I'm so committed to the cause, I'll volunteer my, my time for this. He has made good and better connections across the county and across Niagara County as well yeah. because of this. But I think he's two or four years early jumping in. Yeah. Like him or love him. Robbie De Niro, <laughs> Robbie De Niro. I think he does it for love of the game. Like he truly to me, like, yeah, he's a business owner, but he strikes me as somebody who's just a, a true believer. You say you got some respect for Robbie De Niro. I, I'm saying like he does it like, honestly, like he puts himself out there. I don't think it's for any financial gain. Um, at least that I know it's of a little anyway. respect from Reed. I mean, a little, a little respect for somebody who does, who just like they, they love posting. They just yeah, do it yeah, for yeah. The, the love of posting, for the love of getting their name out there. Whereas this all doing your guy, Jim, I think you're right, is somebody who's like, well, you know, what's in my best financial interest right. at I all mean, times? Uh, yeah, I mean, I do think like, like De Niro probably has made a little bit of money off of this, because, probably. Um, but like. I think he came about making the money. He didn't realize that like he was going to make the money off of it. Kind of like Russ Thompson. Russ Thompson is basically now like a, a Paladino lackey who just gets money from Carl Paladino every month, so he can continue to be a, like a crazy person. How sure. do how do we do that? Oh, well, we keep this up, Ryan, and you know, right? We, we, he'll, he'll turn. We we all heel turn. He'll turn. Yes. Right. Right, I mean, because right now, like our only chance is George Soros, right? That's the only person who's going to pay us. Yeah, and he's not paying. He stopped paying us a while ago. Yeah. So if if you're listening, you know, Carl, uh, yeah, send send it, uh, um, send us that sweet sweet money. <laughs> yeah, but no, I I agree that like the Robbie De Niro's or the Russ Thompsons, they're true believers. Aldingers, the Mahilus, they don't. Yeah, they're just yeah. they're just whatever they think is gonna like whatever check's gonna clear. Yeah. Moving on, uh, we're going uh, statewide here, Jim. The, in fact, there is going to be a governor's race, believe it or not. I yeah. thought we were done with this. I thought Kathy was Kathy Hochul was going to be governor forever, but maybe not. No, well, actually, not, we don't have this on the board, but at least two of the Republican candidates have started to run as already statewide. Oh, two. So two. That's right. there's Lee Zeldin. The Legend of Zeldin, and businessman Harry Wilson. Yes. Harry Wilson. Harry now, Wilson. There, there is a third Republican candidate, but that person has no money and is absolutely crazy. Uh, they're the like the jazz miles of the, <laughs> of the governor's campaign. Well, Jim, I posit there might be a fourth Republican candidate. Right, and, and this one... Who it is? This one is, is trying to, to shoot the middle as Zeldin and Harry Wilson are proudly on their tv commercials saying how they're conservatives which i don't know if that's a winning strategy in new york state oh. i mean it might be a winning strategy in like orleans county but like in the entire state to say how conservative you are might not be a winning strategy but up the middle from the annals of time george pataki we all have we have pataki fever tacky fever tacky tacky fever i just got to take a minute and say he has not aged well he's aged he's okay. aged he's aged. He's, 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 he's old he, and he's old yeah. he's 76 years old 70 fucking former, six so so former new york state governor republican governor at that 
George Pataki. Uh, there are uh, in the tea leaves. I'll say there's some mm-hmm. there's some rumblings that Pataki might be interested, or some of Pataki's people, or some people in the Republican Party who want to have a prayer at winning what they conceive to be a potentially a winnable election for a Republican. Now, I in in New York State for the governor uh, race. I don't buy it. I don't think this is a winnable race. But I will also say. It's more winnable with George Pataki, who, again, did win the governorship in New York State in the 1990s. He's got better odds than Lee Zeldin, right? A thousand percent. I mean, he does have better odds than Lee Zeldin. I don't think he's got a chance in hell. I mean, yes, he won the governor's race. But the first time he won the governor's race was 1994 in New York State. New York State was a radically different state back then. I mean, it was was much more red. Um, You know, it it wasn't really a purple state. It was still a blue state. But, like... It had voted for Republicans for president in the recent past, not in 94, not 92 when uh, Clinton won and also not in 88 when Dukakis won. But in 84, you know, a decade prior had voted for Reagan. So, you know, 84 is now is the last time New York State has voted for a Republican for president. So, you know, you're going from only a decade away voting for a Republican as president to now almost 40 years since you voted for a Republican for president. To say that Pataki has a shot is strange. 94, he was he was in his 40s then. Yep. A 76-year-old uh, trying to campaign across a state as big as New York. And he'd have to do a lot of campaigning because Kathy Hochul has like eight zillion dollars in her campaign account yep. so like it's going it's going to be a very intensive heavy hard campaign and he also was running against at that time mario cuomo who had been in office for three years three terms yep so people were getting bored and sick of mario cuomo kathy Oak was, kathy has been governor for like a year i gotta ask where are these septuagenarians getting all this energy from Stem cells. Stem, is it, yeah. are, are they getting the, the rich people stem cells at this I, point? I think, uh, yeah. They're, what the fuck? They're getting. They're, there's lots of stem cells. Okay. I mean, hey, Bernie Sanders is still doing it. I don't think he's a stem cell guy. Who's Maybe he say? is. Right. Who's, who knows, to say? who's to say? I no. I mean, look. I I don't. I actually don't think Cuomo is going to run. But what I do think is interesting, or not Cuomo. I'll get to him. Pataki. Who? Cuomo might run. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, I don't think Pataki's going to run. I do think it's interesting, however, that he never got any of the shine of being the governor of New York State during 9-11. He never used that. He never, like, and I'm not saying he should have. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying it would have made some level of sense if he was somebody who was interested in furthering his political career, that he might have, you know, I, I think he was rumored here and there to maybe run for president at some point. He but did it, one year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's right. He finished like thirtieth in like a race of like thirteen. I mean, <laughs> was that was that twenty twelve? Uh, it might have been twenty twelve. Yeah, it might be or two thousand eight, maybe. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, to replace in the open seat against that it would have been against Obama. Right, but he never like he he hasn't seized he never seized his political moment. He has not tried to keep too much of a public face. I would be shocked if he would try to run again. I don't I don't view George Pataki as somebody who like is very much like a vanity candidate, or like wants to cement his legacy in New York State in right. any way. I mean, if he had been more of a vain person who wants to cement his legacy, when 9/11 happened, he would not have seated the limelight and the spotlight to Giuliani at that time. Yes. You know, absolutely. I mean, think about like 
if not, if the same thing as 9-11 happened two years ago in New York City, another major terrorist attack, do you think Andrew Cuomo would let Bill de Blasio be the person in charge and get the and get all the accolades? Uh-uh. No. I mean, where Pataki willingly stepped back. The only thing Pataki did on September 11th, realistically, was cancel the primary election and reschedule it for two weeks later. Yeah, yeah. So long story short, it would be fun for us uh, if George Pataki ran for governor again, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Republicans are going to get thwomped. So, right. It's awfully late for Pataki to get in. Of the... 62 or 63 counties that are in new york state the republicans 60 of them uh 60 of those have endorsed zeldin yep uh one endorsed harry wilson the the in the county that he lives in and then one is holding out for rob astorino to run again robbie so yeah i mean it's like i said it's it's awfully late in the game and the republican party of 1994 was certainly not the party of trump and he's not going to engage the right wing activists and appeal to them. No, I think. And I, by the way, the source on this was in, was the New York Post. Yeah. Um, so you know, take that for whatever it's worth. Mm. Um, I, I do think it's less about is George Pataki going to run and more about like uh, we don't really have any faith in Lee Zeldin. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, and and I think that's a lot of you are not like the guy who has the lockdown on your party when you have like sources inside your party rumoring that a fucking governor from 30 years ago is going to run. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that, yeah, that's really the takeaway here is that like nobody, and, and we, and again, we talked about this a couple weeks ago when we talked about the campaign finance, is that like, while they're saying the right things about Zeldin in public, obviously behind the scenes, or if you, if you follow what they're actually doing, what their actions are, nobody believes Zeldin can win. None of the local Republicans, none of the state officials are giving him any money where even the Democrats who disagree with Hochul, Gave her at least like fifty dollars, yeah. and most of them gave her several hundred to you know a couple thousand. Kiss the ring, right? If they thought Zeldin had a chance, well, it goes back to what I always say: early money's for access, late money's for good government. Democrats who are giving Kathy Hochul money now, like at least half of them, are just getting good government money. Yep. yep. If you were a Republican and you were giving money, any kind of substantive money, to Lee Zeldin now, you're buying access. Yes. That you're not trying to buy access. That that David DiPietro has $200,000 isn't giving $1,000 to Lee Zeldin on the off chance he wins to buy access to the governor's mansion. And uh, Dave DiPietro, not known for his critical thinking skills, is, <laughs> is saying, essentially, Zeldin has no chance. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. We'll keep... We'll but keep you know who on. does have a chance? Oh, baby. <laughs> does he ever? Who's this? Oh, uh, <laughs> Andy boys, the pipes are calling. Oh, he's back. Is he though? No. Well, I mean, not really. It, so he's got these millions of dollars in his campaign account. That he Unless needs, he is back. That he, that he needs to do something with. Yeah. Who wants him back? I mean, I can't uh, think of anybody. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, not me. There, there are some, or maybe me. It'd be pretty funny. There are some homosexuals out there who want him back, right? There, there are people who have never given up the good fight that like he was forced out improperly and, 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 be a disaster. <laughs> so I, I think I saw like he's spending like three hundred thousand dollars on media buys. Yeah. To basically advertise that like Andrew Cuomo, not the creep that you thought he was. <laughs> he's a different kind of creep. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew Cuomo, not a creep, just Italian. Oh, buddy, terrible. 
Buddy, buddy. Well, we'll... Uh, it's an insult to Italians. Let's just face it. Right. I mean, like, like Reese said, like, I can't wait to see these most like commercials across New York State. <laughs> yeah, man. I I think I think that, uh, you know, this is, again, this this is vanity for Andrew Cuomo. Yeah, this this is 100% vanity. This this is like a please keep my name out there and, and don't forget about me, but this is... This, this will be more effective at supporting Lee Zeldin than anything else yeah i i if you were andrew cuomo and you had millions in your war chest still but had no no political avenue in which you could go down what would you do i would take that money and i go out to breakfast every day that'd be what i would do would you would you come would you be self-aware enough to know that you've you're 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 at a dead end and just like Go to breakfast every morning. Read the paper. Well, here's the thing. Here, You're here, on people who still like you for some reason. Well, here's the thing is because I understand how New York State campaign finance works. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. what you could get away with. <laughs> yeah. If I had millions of dollars like Cuomo yeah. and I can't directly spend it on things for me, but I like me and I want things for me. Yeah. I would go to nonprofits who are having like silent auctions. Yeah. And bid on them with my campaign finance money. Okay. And buy things for me. So you'd launder the money through a nonprofit somehow. Well, I, the money goes to the nonprofit. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not getting the cash back. I'd. I'd get items or or things or or trips yeah. or something like that. I. I would. I. I'd go to like the local SPCA meat like raffles fundraiser or a meat <laughs> raffle, and just fucking clean house. Okay. That's what I would do. Uh, like, yeah. I, I agree. Like, uh, Cuomo's got enough money that, like, yeah, I'd be going out to breakfast and maybe lunch and dinner every day. Sure. And like, and, and I'd invite somebody, probably somebody who's uh, somebody sure. who's politically connected, and be like, oh yeah, it was a consulting meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, you mark it down under YOLO. Right. Mark it down under YOLO. Mark it down under YOLO. Um. Or, or you know, maybe I'd go to San Juan, like Crystal Peoples, and say it was an office expense. Oh. I, I wouldn't take it and be like. What I need to do is rehabilitate my image. Whatever. He's not going to run. He's just fucking whatever. Nah. Garbage. garbage. All right. Moving on from the, we, we've covered all the political nonsense we got. Well, not all of it, but right. we've covered most of it is all we're going to get this week. Let's, let's look a little closer to home, Jim. Yeah. Common council, Buffalo city of Buffalo. Common council has passed a uh, resolution. Yeah. Was res- it re- uh, resolution? Oh man, it might've been a local law. I think it was a resolution though. Not a local law. They don't know how to pass local laws. There. Right. They don't really do, do much, but, right. but they, they did this about uh, getting historic buildings um, inspected every three years, as opposed to never previously never. never. Right. right. Yeah. So I, I think this was in light of the, uh, the, the fucking grain silo falling yeah, down. the great northern great uh, northern uh that that you know famously it was reported by investigative post that had not been inspected in 28 years right so now they have to at least pretend to inspect them right <laughs> at least you know once every 36 months go and, and give it a drive-by good idea on paper hopefully a good idea in practice i, I mean i have no option I, I didn't i didn't read the actual resolution i don't know how do you think we read this shit guys right. i didn't i didn't get into the actual <laughs> teeth of what's in there Please. or if there is teeth in there but at least they're they're, they're doing something yeah. and you know and and given how much you know the, the current mayor has had to cut staffing because he refuses to raise taxes because that would that would anger Paladino and the conservatives who support him. Yes. And he has to use like one-time funds to balance the budget because the budget's a mess. 
Um, he's also had to cut staffing. So like once every three years for the uh, inspections is probably about as much as the city of Buffalo can handle feasibly right now. So at least they are realistic about it. Like they could have said once every like year or once every like nine months. And, and then what would happen is because they couldn't actually feasibly do it, they would just never do it because you're only going to get written up once. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, it's fine. It's, it's going to be something would, I would hope is good that I also, I don't have much faith in is going to be anything more than just like a, they're going to game this too. And, and, at least they have to figure out a way to game it, I guess, is the, the, the good takeaway. I, I don't mean to be cynical about this, but clearly the city of Buffalo for a very long time has not given a shit about their buildings or the quality of them. So why would they start doing it now? But here's hoping. Um, we've got, Jim, we've got uh, we've got some lawsuits. Yeah, we do, we've got some lawsuits. So uh, uh, a friend of the pod, I don't want to give their name out until I check with them that they want people to know that they listen to us. Uh, but uh, a friend of mine, uh, I know that like one of their hobbies is every month the county attorney's office has to file with the county legislature all the lawsuits against Erie County. And one of their hobbies is to read the lawsuits every month. Wow. And this month they have, they sent them to me and they were like, hey, check this shit out. And I forward them to you guys. I'm just going to quickly, the, like the notes, um, there was a claim of discrimination against ECC. Yes. Except the allegations were just missing from the lawsuit. Like uh, it was just dis- had disappeared from what was filed with the county. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a man who is suing the county because the Howards, including former sheriff Tim Howard, uh, he's basically alleging that they're engaged in some sort of conspiracy to steal his dying or dead brother's assets. Oh. Okay. Uh, that 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 the Howards and Tim Howard personally got involved. In I think it was Hamburg, the arbitration of overseeing this individual's assets and was uh, shutting the, the the person's brother out. That there was a sheriff's deputy uh, who worked at the holding center um, was suing the county in federal court uh, that he was subjected to unfair parent treatment. He was suspended without pay. Um, he was arrested in 2020 on an anonymous tip that he had marijuana in his vehicle. Um, so he was arrested. He was charged with a felony, and he was suspended without pay because of this. But he brought up and pointed out at his uh, during the hearings that other members of the sheriff's office had been uh, charged with felonies, most often DWI, and not suspended at all, let alone suspended without pay. That he was frequently complaining about treatment. Um, he. At one point during the pandemic, he was exposed to somebody with COVID, so he had to call off, and his supervisor drove to his house to see if he was sick. A inmate, because he works at the holding center, had COVID, and he was told that he personally had to go check on that inmate and take care of them, Um, and... The good, uh, and then this sheriff's deputy alleges in a lawsuit that his lieutenant was involved in sexual relations with this uh, inmate. Oh, geez. And that he was being picked on because he was complaining about the, that the, the inappropriate nature of the relationship between the lieutenant and this inmate. That's obviously a, a nightmare uh, lawsuit for the county. Our old friend Todd Aldinger's in here. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, we mentioned this a couple of, well, probably two months ago now, when it was actually filed, or a month and a half ago. Uh, the financial guys suing the county yes. about uh, Burstein's uh, overtime pay. I read it, 
it is nonsense. I mean, like it, it, it reads like, I don't even want to say like a freshman in university, even, you know, Madai university or Duval university or any of the new universities. Uh, I, it reads more like, like a 10th or 11th graders view of political philosophy with, random citations of what other people in New York state are making for money. I, I hope it goes nowhere. Uh, me there's much substance to that. I mean, it's long. There's a lot of, there's a lot of pages there going back to the sheriff thing for, yeah. for one second. Um, so, so this, this sheriff who's suspended seemingly is, is trying to do the right thing in every one of these situations, right? L- that's what they allege. That That's what they allege. But so, so ostensibly this looks like, Theory County Sheriff's trying to save face with some of sca- some scandalous stuff that he's trying to shine the light on. Would, would you say that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, would, it, it sounds like, you know, look, we know under Howard, based off of who he's appointed to follow forward, um, we could probably safe to assume that even though he, even though Garcia campaigned that he was going to change the sheriff's office, he's not going to change it. Yeah. We know under, under Howard, I mean, the, the Department of Justice multiple times was like, look, this is fucked up here. Yeah. And Gugino, uh, the, this that's the name of this this sheriff's o- or sheriff's officer who is suing in this lawsuit is saying like, look, there's there are still fucked up things that are going on here, and like when I complained about the fucked up things they were doing, they then targeted rather than like try to address them, they targeted me. Now I mean, I don't know. That's actually ends up being the way a lot of businesses work. Yeah. As if you're like, if you go to HR and say, "Hey, my my boss is harassing me," like one out of every hundred actually pursues the harassment charges, yeah. and the other ninety nine try to get you to quit. Sure. Um, but um, uh, yeah, I mean that the ale- allegations are that like I'm trying to do my job and I'm trying to do the right things, and the sheriff's office and the leadership in the sheriff's office is trying to both quelch them and punish me for trying to do the right things. And then there's one other lawsuit in there that's of note. I'm not surprised that it's not being played up more in the media, but it really should be, especially given this year is an election year for this individual. And that is that the county clerk is being sued for age discrimination. No shit. That they were changing the hours in some of the DMV offices. This individual who had the most seniority said, I don't want to change to an earlier time. So I would like to stay at this office that has a later time. Mickey Kearns said, eat shit, you have to move to this office, and this person who has less seniority gets to go work the other shift. That I sounds mean, like shit. I, I mean, like, and as somebody who's worked in the county, worked with the CSEA contract, generally, seniority rules. Yeah. Usually, yes. Yeah. I mean, usually it, it rules. And for something as basically innocuous as, like, what office you work at? What, what hours? What hours? Essentially, it was, really comes down to the hours. Do you want to start work at like seven thirty, or do you want to start work at like nine thirty? It's always seniority rules, and to 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 say not only do you not get to work the nine thirty to five thirty shift, but you have to you have to work the seven thirty to three thirty shift. Yeah, but you also have to move offices. For I mean, it, there is a particular. There's definitely a reason why that particular person was chosen to do that. Maybe it's not age discrimination. The The suit alleges that there's been some comments to them about how they're old enough to retire and, that, and they, they should retire. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, well, they're doing this to, to force me to retire. There, there's definitely some reason why that person was chosen to do that. And it, it's not because they're following the contract. Yep. 
So those are the lawsuits in Erie County. Um, yeah, there's some gems in there. There's some, you know, whatever. But well, I mean, there are other lawsuits I ignored. Those yeah. were the, those were the highlights. Yeah, those are the good ones. There's a lot of bupkis in there too. So if there's anything good, hey, listen, if we find out anything juicy, we will let you know. I, I ignored most of the the most pretty much every other one I ignored was like I stepped in a pothole. The county is supposed to keep the roads nice. I I twisted my knee. Mm-hmm. I'd like to sue for seven million dollars. Yeah, good luck with that. Good luck with that. All right. Hot Rod is back at it, guys. He is. He's he's been on the pod a lot lately, hasn't he? He's been on a tear. Gotta say, Rod Watson, the Buffalo News opinion writer, he has been knocking it out of the park. This is his, like... um, Hot Rod. Hot Rod, man. This is, like, his MVP season, I would say. I I remember, like, he got real people real mad in, like, the mid to early 2000s. He was good at it. Yeah, but, no, he's, he's, he's back, and, like, this is, like... 2002 Tiger Woods form he's in right yes. now. Yes. That's right. Yes. So Rod Watson just had another just absolute heater of an opinion piece in the Buffalo News about Second Amendment rights and how the, the damn Democrats are, are just, you know, they're, they're taking away our guns. They're taking away our liberties. This was based on a law that the New York State Assembly was attempting to pass or, or had passed um, as we discussed on the show here before uh, as it turns out a lot of things that get passed in the assembly tend to be virtue signaling for mm-hmm. lack of a better phrase where basically it's like stuff that never has a prayer of actually becoming law still getting passed just to you know nominally show that hey we support this cause or idea etc so there was a proposed law where guns would not be allowed in most public spaces like uh, on the bus Mm -hmm. at the park um you know you name it uh, the majority of public spaces and so rod watson i think at one point he said like oh who it wasn't carl maybe it was it wasn't carl paladino it was somebody to like some some republican he's like i don't ever agree with carl paladino but you know satan must be wearing his uh snow mittens Mm -hmm. i think was a line from the article that he agreed with the Republicans on this, that they're taking away our rights, our liberties, yada, yada. So again, Rod, congrats, man. You are, you are really killing it. You got, you got my right wing friends like texting me like, Oh, they're taking our guns away. Now to be fair, you can still go buy, go into Cabela's and buy a rifle. No problem. Right. And and easily. And also, um, quite easily. And, and also wear it in public. Yeah, you could. I mean, you could, I mean, it's basically up to like the business as to whether they say you can't right bring the and like handguns are a little different; they're a little harder to get. Right? Yeah, handguns are. I mean, I think within reason. Yeah, I think I think I think that's reasonable. They're also easier to conceal, so like they should be harder to, to yeah. pick up. Right. Um, but like, yeah, if you want to go get a thirty out six at Cabela's, I mean, the only thing that's going to slow you down from is that ammunition shortage because of yeah, supply chains. Thing. Yeah. Um, are you going to be able to, to in, in New York State, take it inside of five guys? Probably not, because no. five guys will probably tell you no. And it's not because New York State said no. No, no. And, and, you know, maybe in some areas this, this would be reasonable to criticize restrictions like this. But when's the last time you were in an Anderson's or a five guys and were like, I need my Glock on me? Right. I, I mean... I mean, sure. Or in the mall. I don't know. Plenty of times when I'm at, you know, like Mr. Sizzles. But that's just to show off. <laughs> I just let everybody know how cool you are. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah right. So, yeah. You know. uh, it's, it's, uh, because I uh, because I like I like to shotgun 
yeah. uh, my milkshakes at Sizzles. Yeah. But I like to actually use a real shotgun to pump a hole in the bottom of the milkshake. So it, it should be a bit challenging. You should be able to prove that you're you're going to be responsible. <laughs> I don't. I mean, it's it's probably not reasonable to completely restrict a fire or uh, handguns. But I mean, like, is this what they're actually trying to do? No, I mean, what they're trying to restrict is like in areas where you're in close contact with large amounts of people right. like that are government thing. Like they're not, again, it's not the restricting on businesses. They're trying to tell you like, Hey, maybe you shouldn't be able to bring a gun on the bus. Yeah. Which Have I don't know about that. You shouldn't be able to bring a gun on the bus. Which, which I mean, I don't know. I've taken the bus lots of times. I used mm-hmm. to take the bus every day. For right. Commuting. How, how many situ? how many, Terrorist situations have you been in that you had to thwart on a bus? I mean, zero. As okay. actually, I mean, okay. I mean, there are there are some situations where people get out of hand. Yeah, being stupid was a gun a solution to that problem. Gun was not a solution to that problem. Okay, right. the The most out of hand I ever saw anybody get on the bus was an old woman talking to two guys who were iron workers, and uh, she kept saying that uh, story time, folks. Yeah, story time. She kept saying, like, oh, she knows that uh, Indians are good iron workers. And the guy kept correcting her and saying natives. Uh And he was getting increasingly angry at her. Yeah. And I think if I had a firearm, he would have asked to borrow it so he could shoot her. Okay. Which I would not have given him because just because she's ignorant, that's not an excuse for murder. Right. In this case. Yeah, whatever. I think this is this is more of of Rod just you know finding just the best kind of hot take. Yeah, this this is he. This he, is more about him than right, the this, story. This, this, this is about he, he wants to be like he when they have a parade in Marilla, he wants to be the grand marshal uh, for the Marilla Wells uh, secession plan. <laughs> oh man, Prop, props to Rod though. Good, good, good hot take. You got the needle moving. We're talking about you yeah. again. So shout out, uh, Jim. We got a guy going to jail. Lou Criminelli. Lou Criminelli, a.k.a. Lou Simonelli. Yep. Is, uh, he's going to the slammer. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> Finally. Uh, it took a while because... Who, who is Lou, by the way? In case you don't remember. Uh, Simonelli Development. In case you didn't remember seeing Simonelli everywhere for right. fucking ever. Uh, rich developer guy. Rich uh, real estate developer, property owner, property developer. Who was convicted of... Bribery and the Buffalo Billions stuff. Oh, that's why he's going to the slammer. That's why he's going to jail. Yeah, uh, is, is white collar crimes. Now, of course, that's why it's taken so long for him to go to jail. That's because it was white collar crimes, and he's a wealthy guy. Uh, how long is the sentence? Do we know? Oh, I, I can't remember. Like, it's like eight months or some nonsense. Okay, like, he's gonna be basically. It's gonna be like a resort getaway, right? He, he like he'll be in prison for like eight months. And then, like, 16 months of probation or something like that. Sure. Whatever. You know, for, for millions of dollars in bribes and misappropriation of state funds. Meanwhile, you know, like, somebody steals a fucking hamburger from their work and they go to jail for the rest of their lives. Yep. Yep. Because they can't feed their kid. Whatever. Good. Have, have fun, Lou. I hope you enjoy your, your getaway. Um, all right. Uh, well, <laughs> he's not going to be in one of uh, Kathy Hochul's prisons, Jim. That, well, <laughs> not not one of her private prisons. Yeah, I mean, so she's not trying to privatize the prisons. What she wants is to give private companies access to the prisons so they can use prisoners as cheap labor. Yes. So Kathy, she gonna do what the Clintons did and have them do the, her um, yard work? Uh, I mean, in the mansion. It's not. It's not. It's not out of off the table. Yeah. She's trying to argue that 
they'll make more money and they'll be able to have some money when they get out of prison. So this is a story, by the way. This was reported. Was it in the New York Post? Let me pull up the article. Uh, no, it was not the Post. It was this was or was no. it the time? I mean, this was like a more credible. This was actually like a credible news organization. All right, I'm going to pull it back up because I, I, I think this is actually an important. Not th- not that all the rest of the stuff we're talking about is not important, but uh, this so, is New York State Focus. Yeah. is where it's from. Hochul proposes bringing back private prison labor. Yes, um, to New York State, which again. Pretty much this country has, you know, outmoded, not outlawed, but we've very much moved away from. Oh, and, and some states right ban, ban for ban for us. Actually, no, outlawed ban for a century. Contract labor could return to New York prisons. Yeah, I mean, actually outlawed it in certain states. Um, and like her argument is that, well, they'll they'll make money. They'll, the although, you know, some of the withholdings I've seen is as, as high as like 70 to 80 percent to pay restitution and, and, and pay other th- things. So how much money they're actually going to make. They're set underneath state law that they don't have to be paid actual minimum wage. They can make like $3 an hour. Well, yeah, that's right. So Hochul argues that private employers would pay higher wages, the same wages that would be offered for comparable work outside prison and offer more job training, which I'm going to tell you right now is fucking bullshit. If they don't have to offer higher wages because they don't, because where's the competitive market for it? Right. Then and, they won't. And, and, and yes, they, they will sign up for this because they don't have to pay higher wages and they also don't have to pay any kind of benefits because all their health insurance, all that's taken care of by the state of New York because they're inmates. So, and then the, the other thing is that she's saying, well, they'll get skills that they can transfer once they get out of prison. First of all, a lot of places won't even interview you if you have any prison time on your record. Nope. Um, uh, Second of all, if they take all of this work and they have prisoners doing all of it, then you're transferring non-transferable skills to outside of the uh, workplace because or outside of prison because all the work's being done in prison. It's kind of like right now, like yeah, prisoners do can still make license plates in New York State. That is not a transferable skill because outside of New York State prison, nobody's making fucking license plates whatever like it, it, it's clearly a pretty brazen move by the prison lobbying industry it, it, who who've clearly have gained purchase in the Hochul administration yeah where whether it goes anywhere i don't know i'm not excited for the way that is moving I, the, the fact that kathy Hochul would even think to do this is like not a great sign for me what for what i consider to be her actual administration you know the fall in the next four years right i mean like as far as i'm concerned like the reason why Hokel's interested in this and, and makes sense is it's it's not just like making money for rich people, although they are the people who are giving her political donations. From a state standpoint, if you can increase the amount of money that you're getting through restitution to pay back legal fees and and other costs, and the state is handling that is administering those funds, that is additional funds, probably in the millions of dollars, if not tens of millions of dollars. That you're include that you're in, including or uh, increasing your state budget by, that she has access to for New York State. So this is a revenue stream for New York State as much as it's a revenue stream for private businesses. Sure, At, on the backs of people who you know are in prison already. Yep. yep. <sighs> it's 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 it's, it's it's just exploitation. Exploitation. Just, just a bummer. Right. It's not great. Um, well, who's putting them in the prison here, Jim? We've got we've got a a new a new police commissioner. 
here uh, in, in well we, a, a in proposed co- oh. police commissioner have, oh. hasn't been approved by the uh, county legislature or county yeah. it definitely won't be approved by the county legislature <laughs> because it goes in front of the city common council uh but yeah um the uh the old uh, police commissioner recently retired and the new commissioner candidate uh, the, the mayor announced i think friday that, th- that they've picked somebody we got any, anything interesting to say about that? Uh, not yet. I haven't got a chance because it happened Friday. Um, I haven't got a chance to dig in. I'm sure over the next week or two, we'll find out more about this individual's both work history and personal history. Sure. We'll keep an eye on it. Yeah. Um, just bringing it up now just to get it on the record. Unlike, unlike, the, unlike the New York City mayor, at least we know this person is not Byron's brother. Oh, that's a good point. So that is a good point. Um. What else we got? Oh, the weed stickers. Weed stickers. Uh, weed stickers. So uh, there was a Cheektowaga business that was uh, busted this week by Cheektowaga police for doing the old sticker sales. Yes, yes. In case you're not familiar with the sticker sales, it's, uh, you know, pay $50 for your stickers, and then you get a free gift of marijuana. Right. In this case, it was edibles. Yes. Oh. Um, so Cheektowaga police arrested... The worker at the at the shop, and also charged the owner with several crimes. Mm. Now, county attorney district attorney Flynn said, as far as like the worker, the town's going to have to handle that. I'm not I'm not addressing that. It's it's not necessarily illegal to sell. It's not illegal to sell stickers, and it's not illegal to give you know less than the um, amount of, of marijuana that's legal to contain on one person. Like that is that that is not as far as Flynn's concerned. He didn't do anything illegal. He sold a sticker. You can sell stickers in New York State legally, and if they want to hand you an amount of marijuana that is legal for one person to have on their person in New York State, and give it to you without exchanging funds for it, that person didn't do anything illegal. So he's not going to pursue the poor person working the the register. Mm-hmm. What they he is going to pursue with two felonies and a misdemeanor is the owner of the business because since there are no legal distribution sites, there's no legal dispensaries in New York state. There's no legal growing sites. There's not, not is you are with, you're still beholden to the individual amount of marijuana that you can have on yourself. And since the owner had obviously that uh, much in excess because they were distributing it, it, um, that is still illegal in New York State to have that much. Mm. Okay. Uh, so they're they're going to pursue. I mean, and realistically, like we talked about a couple weeks ago when we we talked about this, what's going to end up happening is like they'll probably end up paying a small fine and end up getting blacklisted and not being able to be a dispensary. Yep. 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 So and it, this is all about tax avoidance. Yeah, that's really what it comes down to. And again, it feels like it's a slow crawl at this point till we get to the magical utopia. Well, we had some news this week that Governor Hochul is trying to speed up the process or, or, or at least short, shorten the time span currently um, for for processors and growers so that mm-hmm. when dispensaries eventually are able to obtain a license, they have product to sell. Right. Uh, that's, that's, Stipu- that, as stipulated by the law, it needs to be sourced in the state. Right. So, so as opposed to saying like it's 18 months to two years out for everything, um, you know, the state is trying to speed up so that way, you know, like you said, like, yeah, that um, if they can get in the next six months and so that growers and uh, distributors uh, are licensed, 
So that way, in the when it's six months after that, and you can finally distribute, and you can actually have dispensaries, or you can have uh, you you can actually start making edibles yeah. and having that kind of manufacturing right. sites that you can be legally sourced by getting New York sourced. Sure, cannabis. and they can get that sweet sweet tax revenue because they're right. jonesing for that. Right, I wouldn't be surprised if New York State gets in the game and they start growing weed with prisoners. Oh, oh now we're talking. Is, is that the end game here? Right, yeah. Fuck, why we not? Just, yeah, we just connect the dots. Right, me and, and my McMurray stepchildren will go oh. and invest in the prisons. <laughs> oh, no. Lastly, in the world of arts and culture. Yes, it's, uh, in the most culture. Uh, I, I can't think of this band without thinking of the Big Lebowski. <laughs> the Metallica? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Metallica is coming to Buffalo, and they're doing a limited... I always think about the Eagles when I think about the Big Lebowski. Well, yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, when I think of the Big Lebowski, I think of the Eagles. When I think of Metallica, I think of the Big Lebowski. Oh, right, right, right. okay. Uh, but so Metallica is doing like a limited big arena tour, and they're coming to Buffalo. Well, they're coming to Rich... Or the... The, the stadium, stadium. The football Highmark stadium. Highmark stadium. Right, yeah. Highmark, Highmark yeah. stadium. They're coming to the football stadium. So fuck the arena. Right. Well, that's why I, mean. I meant like stadium. Tour, oh, sure. Not right. arena. Okay. Tour. Okay. Stadium, okay. stadium tour. Yeah, yeah. They're doing, they're doing a big stadium tour, and they're they're coming to uh, Highmark and in, there's, there's, in August. Yes, and there's actually a local band who's going to be on the bill for that opening for Metallica. Yeah. Ice Nine Kills will be uh, will be an opener. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty sweet. That's pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. So not often you have a stadium show anymore, right? They're few and far between. Not right. I mean, like the, the last two. one was what? Billy Joel? Billy yeah. Joel, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're bi- I, I'm guessing they're big productions that probably, unless it's like a superstar act, you know, you don't fill out the stadium unless you get a Billy Joel or a Metallica. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's probably not worth the money to try to do it. I'm sure Metallica, you know, at this point in their careers, I don't know if they need any more money. Maybe they do. <laughs> Who's right, to yeah. say? And- Band like Metallica, an act like Metallica, they're going to draw people across like South Southern Ontario and all of New York State, oh, yeah. and, and oh, God, yeah. you know um, Pennsylvania, probably Northeastern Ohio, Pennsylvania will come up to Buffalo for. I think they might be doing two shows in Buffalo. Well, I think it's probably one of those things where they're consolidating the, the amount of cities they go to, right, in favor of bigger venues, right? right. And, and 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 so Buffalo gets the show like where Buffalo doesn't get all kinds of shows for like sm- where people are going to smaller venues where they maybe five hundred to. 2,000 people because like, well, they'll hit Rochester because it's middle of the state or they'll hit Pittsburgh or something like that. Rochester doesn't have a football stadium. Right. You know, we have the bills here. Toronto notably doesn't have a football stadium. We got it, baby. So, it's us. It's us. Well, it's us. So, so we're, getting, uh, we're getting Metallica. So we're getting Metallica. Uh, Enter Sandman. Master of Puppets. What's your favorite Metallica song? Mine's uh. What's that instrumental? That's that, I would say that's my favorite. Ed, what's your favorite Metallica song? Wherever I'm a friend of the pod, Robot Viking, Ed G, just pop by the Snake Pit just to say hello as we're recording. Uh, Orion, that's my favorite piece from them. Oh, that's right. Um, Throw on the cans, Ed. We're, we're just about to wrap up the episode. We're talking <laughs> We're talking our favorite uh, Metallica songs. We're talking about the, uh, the stadium tour that's going on. Are, are, are you excited for Metallica? Are you going to, uh, to go to Metallica? Uh, no, man, I'm, I've never been to like a giant stadium show. Yeah. So part, part of me is curious about that. The only time I was there for a concert was for Dave. I got dragged to Dave Matthews and it was, it sucked ass. Uh, I, I, I will say my favorite Metallica song is for home. The bell tolls, but that's, oh. I, I have a very particular reason for that. Why is that? And that's, so when I was in high school, I was on the, and, and middle school, I was on the wrestling team and for our home matches, we came out to for home. The bell tolls. 
Oh, really? Yeah, we would we uh the, we would have the PA system cranking from the bell tolls. We'd throw the doors open and come running out into our warm ups to from the bell tolls. Nice for for me. Uh, wherever I'm in a room, I mean, it just has a, has a kick ass riff, but it's it like legit good lyrics, like a cool message. If yeah, you, if you kind of let your brain dive into that one, but man, when I was 14, I wanted so bad to go to that. GNR Metallica show and my parents oh, yes. were like, no, no way. I'm, I think there's still like a a fist mark on the bedroom wall of my childhood home. Where <laughs> I hope it's angsty. I hope it's framed because they should have let you go to that. Right, angsty teenage Ed was so mad. So mad. I uh I I was not really familiar with uh Metallica until like there was, like there was that giant box set that came out, uh, and my cousin had it, and I was over there like we were like. Oh, like collecting football cards and like going over our football card collection. He was just like playing like this Metallica box set that was his mom's the entire time. The weird thing to me about Metallica is like particularly early and then like it starts to, I don't know, it, there, there's a lot of like anti-authority, anti-war, yeah, yeah, yeah. like personal discovery in the lyrics. And then like, but then like this weird jingoistic kind of like chest thumping works its way in. And then now they've become this sort of like meathead redneck metal band in a yeah. way. Saint anger <laughs> round my neck. I mean, like they don't seem like bad dudes, but and they can't control like who their fans are. But it's just right. weird. That, like, right. But I mean, they, you know, they went from like Master of Puppets to Give Me Fuel, Give Me Fire. Yeah, or like on the same album. At <laughs> you do you do good James Hetfield impression. There's there so many amazing parodies of that song. I'm like losing myself. Um, here. But what, I mean, on the same record as wherever I may roam is like "Don't Tread on Me," which yeah, is yeah, like, yeah, like right. super duper butt rock. Yeah, yeah. Um, by, a, by a certain value of butt rocking. Right. Do you guys remember Steel Panther? Oh, absolutely. Death. No. Death to all butt metal. <laughs> Steel Panther's awesome. I'd love to see them live. I, Steel Panther is really cool, but like, there's a weird space where your satire, when you're satirizing like really misogynistic or like yeah, offensive yeah. stuff, it's like, mm, yeah, you're I got still, you. I you're you're saying. still saying those things. Yeah, it's yeah, a little yeah, weird, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah, if you guys don't know Steel Panther, man, go go find the Glory Hole video or. <laughs> <laughs> or just or just death to all butt metal, yeah. like so. So I, if you're you're so you're not familiar. No, you, I'm not. Are you familiar? No. So they're a parody of like an '80s hair metal band. Mm-hmm. Okay, but, they're um, they're like extreme poison. You remember Poison? Yeah, the band Poison. They're a parody of Poison. Basically, okay. so it's like yeah. like they're but ba- better musicians. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> their bass player is like so they portray characters, and their bass player plays this character who's so dumb. That like <laughs> he he can barely function. They literally just have to like steer him around, and then like they just you know like the the over the top like macho sexuality of yeah. that bear of metal. Like they did a power ballad called what was it called? My love is yours, but my cock is community property. So so that's Steel Panther. I don't know what what I. Because I said butt rock, butt so rock. I mean, right, I think yeah. of... So the, so One thing leads to another. What's the comedian who's at the end of that video? Who She plays the sexy principal. I can't remember. The Jewish comedian... Uh, Sarah Silverman. Sarah Silverman. Oh, right. Okay. Right, so she plays, like, the sexy teacher who, like, takes off her glasses and, like, dances around in the in the video. And then, at the, like, the chorus of the song is death to all but metal. And at the end, she's like, I really feel what you're saying, man. Like, death to all but metal. Like, <laughs> no, like, death to all... 
Butt metals. <laughs> like, yeah, death to all butt metals. <laughs> uh, it, just, it just ruined your podcast. No, no, no. No, no you made you made it infinitely better. Right now we now we know what the outro music is. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, that's that's this week's episode of The Square Ed. Thanks for popping in at the end and <laughs> joining oh, yeah. us unexpectedly. Cherry on top. Yep. Uh-huh. Yes, the Ed Cherry on top. Always welcome. And thank you to the listener uh, again, and we'll see you next week. Yep. Thank you. Come on!